0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Royal Watcher podcast. My name is Saad Salman. I'm the founder and editor of the Royal Watcher, a royal contributor for L.com and the host of the Royal Watcher podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, my long time frame, Daniel. Who I welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Saad.
0: So Daniel, you're doing quite a lot of stuff these days. What are you up to?
1: At the moment, my friend, uh, I've got my fingers in everything, everything from a podcasting just like yourself, the Daniel Fusion experience, to making YouTube videos, making TikToks, LinkedIn, Snapchat. So really just trying to immerse ourselves in every bit of social media possible.
0: That's great. It's really nice to be really involved and keep on top of everything. So uh, how are you feeling during the coronavirus crisis?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, my friend, uh, the first part was a little bit shaky, right? Because uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in this when I say that everyone's plans were were canceled, right? Everyone's trips. I know yourself, you know, you were on the exchange in, in Denmark, and unfortunately, a lot of things were laid off. I also know a lot of friends who had trips planned to Mexico, and we're going to visit family and just a bunch of these things. So I think, you know, everything shutting down was a little hard uh, for me, too. I didn't have the biggest plans, but it was definitely not expecting to
0: finish my last semester at UVic, you know, before the summer term like this. Um, yeah, I think but that's the general thing kind of around the board. It's a lot of unexpectedness.
1: Exactly, my friend, exactly.
0: So at this moment, you know, just doing what we can, right? Trying to keep busy. Uh, just even though it's not the best situation, we're just trying to make the best out of it, if you will. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. So I want to ask you uh, really how you got into talking about motivation and mental health. And really uh what platform do you see like this going in the future those are great questions so thank you um so when my journey really started it was around the
1: year of 2016. in 2016 i was aware that there was a form of therapy known as exposure therapy and basically all that exposure therapy revolves around is this idea that if you ever have a troubling thought or something that's bothering you something that you know you kind of think about and What's the word? It brings up feelings of almost anxiousness. Psychology studies have shown that when you articulate said thoughts, either in written version or verbal, it can help uh, relieve some of those symptoms and actually make you feel better. So what I started off doing was back in 2016, I started journaling. I started journaling about just my mental health, how I was feeling, things that I really liked about myself, things that you know I wish I could improve on. And then it wasn't until the year of, I believe, 2019, which I said, okay, you know what? I have so many interesting thoughts or like to my, in my opinion, interesting thoughts. I'm curious, does anybody think the way that I do? And if so, do they agree with my opinions or or do they disagree? So it really started off as a kind of therapeutic thing for me to really relax and calm down, you know, to do a reflective writing thing once a week, turned into, okay, well, let me make these YouTube videos. It's the same thing, but instead of in written, I'll vocalize it. And if there's one person somewhere around the world that's listening to a YouTube video that goes, you know what? I kind of feel lonely too, or I've struggled with anxiety too. And we could kind of bond together and then they could reach out to me and we could work together to just, you know, enrich ourselves in knowledge. Um, Long story short, I'm doing the YouTubes and I absolutely love it. So I said, you know what? We have to expand. I get an Instagram. uh, I get a Twitter, Facebook page, all that big stuff. The podcast starts going. I should also mention that right after high school, I knew that I had a big fan of um, reflection and, What's the word? Self improvement. That I started studying psychology. Now studying psychology right now at university, while well, you know reading self development books and doing YouTube, they really go hand in hand. So a lot of this stuff that you see now, you know, that you hear on my podcast or when I'm speaking to my friends, a lot of it really is just you know going to the psychology lectures, reading their books, combined with just you know everyday
0: practicalities that that we all go through. What yeah. was the second question, my friend? Sorry. And uh, really, uh, where do you see this platform going in the future? Okay, before I answer that, Saad, so did you have a, a comment to make, my friend? I, have, I felt like I cut you off. There. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that uh, it was really lovely to see kind of how, because you're really one of my most inspirational friends. And I've seen, yeah, um, thank um, you. Um, really, I've seen that you've been on a trajectory for a long time. And it's just lovely to see kind of how your videos are so inspiring and, I, and really the consistency with which you put them out. Like, it's almost every day, like, get to see something new from you. And it's really nice to see.
1: That is very kind of you, Saad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would say you are one of my biggest motivators to, to being consistent. To, I, for anyone listening to this podcast, I thought I was a hard worker. I thought I posted consistently. And then I had one conversation with Saad. And then I realized, wow, okay. This, this is what consistency really means. It is something else, my friend. So thank you, Saad. The feeling
0: is mutual. Yeah, thank you. Sure so where do you see yourself kind of going in the future with this platform?
1: That is a great question, my friend. I would say, where do I see myself personally? I, I love podcasting. I really love it in the sense that it allows people to multitask. So, for example, I think as amazing as you know YouTube videos are, you get that visual stimuli. However, a lot of the times, you know, someone even in my own perspective, sometimes I'm cooking or working out or even you know working on homework that I don't have to be 100% focused on. I think podcasting has an amazing future for anyone doing whether it's self improvement or really talking about any matter. And really where I want to, um, the main point that I want to address, which isn't my own, I want to make clear, this is a point that I heard online, was this individual said, listen, there was a time where when you wanted to get a message out to people, especially if you wanted to be on a television show or on a radio show, you had to go through multiple obstacles, talking to the producers, getting approved, you know, in any, if this was 20 years ago, saw it. I'd be sitting here with a room full of writers with a microphone telling me what I can and can't say, telling me that I only have three minutes to talk. So in my mind that we have this podcast where anywhere in the world could, could make a podcast and there's no one telling you what you, you know, should or shouldn't do. It's your own show. And it's like I feel like there was these people at the gateway, right? They, they would block the door of what you can and can't say to people. And now with the emergence of technology and podcasts and really, you know, uh, giving people this microphone to share their thoughts and talk about their passions. In my own opinion, I think that podcasts are gonna go very far. I especially think YouTube, even though it's many people are gonna say it's already in its maturity stages, that's also gonna go far. So in my life, I have already determined, no matter what happens, I will forever continue to just document my thoughts as I am now. At 10, thank you so 10, 15 years from now, you know what, YouTube might not exist. The bigger social media platforms might be tree, and lipstick but guess what they're gonna have different logos but it's going to be the same idea you get to express your thoughts whether through video whether through audio or through written so for me my friend definitely
0: definitely podcasts yeah i think one of the great points you just brought up was really social media allowing people and creators especially to control their own narrative and not necessarily be burdened by all the obstacles that they had in the past and be able to kind of um, go far from their own initiative rather than being dependent on other
1: definitely my friend definitely a lot more independence of course
0: yeah and so next i want to talk to you about kind of um the world is going through a big pandemic right now so how what are your kind of words of wisdom to kind of stay motivated and stay on top of goals at this point that is a
1: great question my friend i think uh, this pandemic is definitely on everyone's minds i think every time you turn on the news or you're on twitter it's the first thing to come up and, um, you know, my, my first words that would come to mind is, listen, it, it's a bad situation, right? We're not going to pretend it's something that it's not. But with the situation that we are given, you know, what is one thing to anyone listening that you could learn about yourself, right? Let's say if there's something that you've been postponing, right? Whether it be making a podcast, whether it be going to a business, learning a new skill, learning a new language, whatever it may be, you know, you can look at it. Okay. I'm in a bad situation. I can't go to work. I can't necessarily see my friends. What can I get out of this? I think one of the biggest pros of, you know, when we weren't in quarantine was if when you go to your job, right, or when you go to school, subconsciously, you have goals in mind. It is a goal to wake up, to get dressed, to go to class, to do assignments, to go home. And when you accomplish those goals, naturally, you feel better. So what happened to a lot of people, and myself included in the beginning, is when you wake up these days, and you're not sure if it's a Monday or if it's a Wednesday because you don't have a schedule all of a sudden you don't have any goals. So you're not accomplishing anything and you feel lethargic and you feel tired. And, and it's just so easy to just be restless. And then the worst thing is you get tired of being tired. <laughs> right. I get that. Um, so my, uh, my recommendation and I love that. So this was kind of, I'm piggybacking off your answer that you gave me was it really is just, you know, pick apart little things throughout your day and make little goals and off those little goals. When you start to accomplish them, it will definitely start to make you feel better. And now when we say goals, this could be anything, you know, as big as to, oh, you know, take a look at the stock market. To you know, just get out of bed. Take a shower. You know, the, the goals can be as big or as small as, as the person themselves would like them to be.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point that you brought up, especially because I feel that um, I've embraced a strategy in that I tend to schedule my articles and my tweets kind of on a daily basis. Um, and that's like that one small goal. If I achieve it every day, then there's like the sense of achievement. I could generally kind of even do it like for a week or for a month at one go, but then I'm at that loss of not having tested it. Brilliant, my friend.
1: Brilliant. Oh yeah. I think anyone who can work at home, like whether through articles or blogs, it's a, it's a really good way to still be able to stay busy without leaving your house.
0: And uh, how else are you staying busy these days? Anything- kind of not uh, work-related.
1: Not work-related. How else, my friend, I would definitely say uh, exercising. I'm a huge fan of, you know, I think myself, I can only sit there, right, and look at the laptop or the desktop for so long. So I love to, to work out a little bit. Nothing crazy, right? Just, you know, working out with your own body weight. Um, besides that, I'm also a fan of, I also play a little bit of guitar, and nothing too crazy, but you know, it keeps you busy again with all those YouTube tutorials, you can really teach yourself quite a bit, if it's not playing guitar, if it's not working, I also like to read, I enjoy um, reading, but more self-development psychology books, as it may, what else do I like to do? Um, See, we have working out, we have working, playing guitar, reading, you know, I've uh, I've actually gotten into meditating too, sometimes I like to just sit there and just Relax and focus on my breathing, but usually those are the the go tos throughout my my day. How about yourself, son?
0: Um, I think yeah, I've gone a bit into exercising and then trying to just do some cooking, a bit of designing, and trying to keep myself busy and doing something rather than just sitting around and binging Netflix. Good, my friend. Good. Staying productive. Staying productive. And on that note, I also wanted maybe address a bit about so this time we see a lot on social media and everywhere else how people are achieving things and kind of revolutionizing their life and kind really doing stuff even though it's a very uncertain time and there's lots of people that see that and they feel like uh, with the lack of accomplishment and they feel really bad kind of looking at other people achieving something when they're dealing through a lot, especially with the mental health stuff through the crisis, but also kind of in personal life. So what are your kind of thoughts on people that aren't able to achieve anything and how they should kind of stay positive?
1: That is, I'm very, very glad you asked that question, Saad, because my, you know, the biggest thing when I say, oh, you know, be productive, accomplish something, get something done, you know, I believe that mental health is the foundation for everything, right? And if, if you don't feel amazing you know, up there, how are you expected to perform well in, in any other part of your life? So, um, you know, I definitely think if I was to put my two cents on it is I feel as if when we compare ourselves to other people, that's when we start to go downhill, as opposed to comparing ourselves to ourselves, frankly, right? Mm-hmm. Because someone's day of productivity, just going back to it again, might be, you know, I posting on Instagram, I accomplished this, I started a new business, I went on a new workout routine, and you're sitting there at home kind of. Not, maybe not depressed, but a little upset, a little more lonely. And then you see that. So not only do you feel upset and lonely, but now you feel guilty. And now you start to beat yourself up going, you know, I have all this time. Why am I not, you know, why am I not performing as much as he is? Or, and, and you really start to beat yourself up. And my big advice to that would be, listen, you're, the part where you are in your life right now, the people who you're surrounded by your upbringing is completely different from someone else. So when you're comparing your right now to someone else's right now, there's so many factors involved that it just, it really isn't practical. I think, you know, the amazing parts that social media does have to inspire, it can also have a lot of negative parts of not jealousy necessarily, but really unnecessarily judging yourself. And, And it's really, I think it just goes back to the idea of, listen... If you want to have a day where you just relax, fantastic. Enjoy it. Don't feel bad. You deserve to relax. Have the best relaxation day possible. If you want to have a day where you want to work, awesome. Have an amazing day. Work. But please, my friends, whoever's listening to this, do not beat yourselves up. Everybody has to relax from time to time. And if you just want to watch Netflix for three days in a row,
0: fantastic. You you've earned it. That's a great way of putting it. So uh, I also, I'm not sure if you're aware, but in the past couple of years, you've seen quite a few members of royal families um, promote mental health and just for children, for adult men at risk and homeless, and really in different fields. Um, What do you think is kind of the big go away with um, kind of public figures like royalty or celebrities uh, taking initiative on mental health and what kind of ramifications it can have? to people and then to the whole industry.
1: Brilliant question my friend. I um I would like to thank you very much for putting that in as much context as possible <laughs> as the lizard- listeners if they already haven't figured it out. I don't have the biggest background on on the royals but with respect to you know people of influence and Instagram influencers and just celebrities in general I think they have they have such a big platform and so many big voices that when they do speak about things like mental health and they emphasize things like, you know, it's okay to be anxious or it's okay to, you know, to feel lonely sometimes, to be depressed, to not be in a good mental state. I think it is so, so, so important because there's so many people around the world. One of the worst things about mental health problems is you think it's only you, right? You have this mindset of no one else understands what I'm going through. So when you have these people, whether they be royal families or, again, people of influence, and they can really emphasize this message of putting mental health in a positive light, saying, hey, listen, The same way that you know if you break a leg you go to a doctor there's something you know you need help let's let's please let's address that you know rather than oh you have no reason to be upset or oh just shake it off
0: yes that's a lovely message for everyone so um i also want to talk a bit about kind of uh you have episodes on cancel culture and kind of toxic place on social media in the royal community we do see a bit of that uh, against individuals and there's groups of fans who attack other people and really they it it does become quite overwhelming at some time so what are your kind of views on that um
1: so just to uh, answer the the question to um to the full extent can you give me an example of like like a royal family situation where you know there was cancel culture or, or some toxicity
0: so really um there's particular royals so um there's one duchess and another duchess, and they have their own fans who kind of appreciate them for different things. But rather than kind of coexisting, they kind of attack each other, and there's slight digs everywhere. And then it gets to the fact they're kind of threatening children and safety, and kind of it gets wow. really serious and really toxic really fast.
1: Goodness, now why why do they dislike each other so much? So like I what is the the main concept that they uh, butt heads on
0: it's really uh ideology and the figures they follow so for example we have Kate who's the Duchess of Cambridge, and Megan who's a Duchess of Sussex they're both different individuals have different kind of patronages different interests different lifestyles and their fans are follow them for different reasons and they're from different parts of the world they have different kind of lives in general and so rather than kind of appreciating each woman for what they bring to the table they kind of try to put them against each other and then their fans and kind of their supporters, they are constantly, for example, if I post an article on one person, then I'll always have comments on, oh, you didn't post on this, this, and this, and oh, you didn't do that. And it's not necessarily in like a polite way, it's more of attacking and, and because you didn't, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna cancel you, and I'm gonna purport oh. you. And So it's a kind of toxic culture. And it's uh, something that I know has plagued lots of people to even give up social media uh, in the past couple of years and kind of give up on their community of people who have similar interests.
1: Goodness. That's, um, that's really unfortunate, my friend. I um, You know, the, the first thing, well, Saad, so, you, know, you are a very, very intelligent individual with a plethora of research in the royal family. If you were to answer your question first, before I give my take on it, what would you say? Where do you think this cancel culture, this tox- toxicity comes from?
0: Um, My kind of view is that it's really uh, because I see a clear difference between royalty and celebrity and royalty they're public institutions. they represent a country. They're not really supposed to be representing themselves, but kind of the institution. Mm-hmm. while well, celebrities they represent themselves. they care about okay, our brand and our kind of initiative and what they portray themselves as an individual rather than an institution. And that's kind of where people like heads got in at this point and Um, There's people who kind of see royalty as celebrity, and they are, I don't know if you've heard about stans, and um, people who are like the really diehard fans who do not really have Mm -hmm. Mm objective thinking. And I'm someone who, I may admire a person for their beliefs, or may admire something for that, but I am generally try to have an objective kind of opinion on them, and look at them kind of through real eyes rather than, oh, they're just most amazing person ever born. So it's really important to keep that balance. And, and especially trying to write about it or promote uh, my articles, it's difficult and that people to lack that kind of objective thinking they see some perceived thing as a dig against the other and then they try to blow it up to mega proportions and really um, make it out to bigger deal than it is. And then they, there's lots of hateful words and mean comments. And it's not just one person doing it, they bring all their friends into it. And it's more like a schoolyard bullying thing rather than just two sensible people having a conversation.
1: Goodness. I, I would agree, my friend. I would agree. I think definitely, uh, especially that last part where you said, you know, it's not just them, but they get their group of friends together. I think there's there's this weird form of conformity where you attack an individual and you get people to join your attack, and it, it makes you no no feel good, but it, it gives you that attention right that attention crave when you're the top comment on a YouTube or on a blog post. You know, I'm sure if you write an article about one person, someone comments, "Wow, you know," and they t- totally take your words out of context. Yeah. So I totally overlook Princess So and So, and instead this shows he's you know blah blah blah, and then everyone joins in, and so now you have to put out another article. Man, I, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I completely agree, my friend. I completely agree. I thank you for distinguishing um, the difference between a royal family member and a celebrity. That was not something that I had particularly uh, thought about. But, um, you know, in, in my point of view, there's definitely, there's a little bit of, you know, some people are just so passionate about someone or about a certain belief. That the moment that there is a a counter belief or an opposite view, and we see this everywhere, right? And I want to stay on the Royal Family specifically for this podcast, but in theory, you know, in music, in sports, where as soon as you have, you know, someone else who thinks differently, who acts differently, and subconsciously this idea, you just start to compare the two, right? What you like about this one, what you don't like about that one. And then when you're passionate about someone so much, it almost makes the person tune out everything else and instead of instead of like you said beautifully instead of valuing diversity and you know what you bring to the table you're unique because of your background it turns into this person is the best she should always be in the spotlight and if you know sod gives anyone else the spotlight he is being disrespectful to you know what i mean yeah so i think that it is blown totally out of proportion i think unfortunately cancel culture which i understand why it emerged but i feel like sometimes instead of listening to a person's opinion of what they have to say, they would much rather just tune you out they say, oh, Saad, you don't think this is the best, you know, Duchess in the entire world? Nope, we got to cancel you now. You know, your blog is done with. And it, it, it's a shame, really. You know, it, it does the opposite. You would think that you would want to um, initiate discussion, right?
0: But not not with cancel culture. Yeah, that's a uh, lovely way of putting it. I also want to talk a bit about kind of, um, dealing with, I'm sure, I mean, you have a very positive account and don't really deal with this at all, but um, really talking about negative uh, feedback and then criticism and some things that are also like objective and can be used, and some that are just pure kind of hatred and kind of misdirected at you. So, um, how, what are ways that you could tell people to deal with that?
1: Brilliant. Thank you. So I will definitely answer that. And as soon as I do, I would love to hear your answer, my friend, because I know you've been doing it longer. So you've probably gotten all sorts of messages. Um, (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully mostly good. Fingers crossed. Um, But uh, yes, that's a great question. I I remember when I first started YouTube, um, you know, the biggest I think the biggest thing that stops people from starting anything is other people's judgment. I really sincerely do believe that. Now whether that's going to be a parent someone who's extremely close to you or a complete stranger Sally Pants 49 from Missouri who's going to oh. comment that was the worst video i have ever seen never make another one again. And really my friends the best advice i have ever heard in terms of judging like when you get negative feedback and positive feedback is this. The advice said, "Daniel, the reason why negative feedback, the only way that negative feedback is going to really hurt you is if you overvalue positive feedback. Now let's break that down. What does overvalue positive feedback mean? Let's say you saw, if you watch one of my videos, you go, know, Daniel, that was an absolutely amazing video. I look at your comment and I go, oh my God, so I've commented. I'll comment back, but then I start overvaluing it. What does that mean? I screenshot it, I print it out, I stick it to my bedroom door, I look at it every night, I think about it, and I really put it on a pedestal. The only negative to that is when someone comments something negative Daniel, that video sucked. Daniel, what's up with the horrible lighting? Daniel, I don't agree with this. It is very, very hard to only focus on the positives while not focusing on the negatives. So my advice, my friends, would be, and what I've used in my own situation is, when I do get positive comments, don't get me wrong, they warm my heart. I feel absolutely incredible. And But it's, it's just one of those things where I understand that everyone has opinions. No matter who makes a video, whether it's me, whether it's yourself sought whether it's doing The Rock Johnson, there will always be negative comments. Someone will have something negative to say. And the biggest thing that I would say, my friends, is be careful to not overvalue positivity in the sense that you'll accidentally overvalue negativity. And please, my friends, to whoever's listening, do not take anything negativity as personal. There are so many times when I've seen I mean, some horrendous things, not just on my, and little on my videos, just because, oh, one thing, you can tell my videos haven't taken off because I don't receive that much hate. The moment I start receiving hate comments, I'll know that I'm doing well. But um, yeah, I think some people can write really nasty stuff. And it's not even because, you know, your blog is bad or because there's something wrong with my videos. But that person just isn't in an amazing mental state they just had an argument with their spouse, they just got laid off from their job, they feel a little bit pent up, and you know, naturally, they want to displace that uh, anger onto someone else. What do you think about that, Saf?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it, um, and saying that it's good not to put your positive feedback on a pedestal, because, and I'll go ahead, because you always have to be kind of objective in your way of thinking, and think more uh, kind of on a level basis, rather than just be kind of hyped up by individuals. And I mean, personally, I have do deal with quite a bit of negative comments, and quite a lot of which actually I, I tend to respond to. And the ones that are legitimate concerns and have something, even the ones that do have like some malicious intent, they're trying to provoke a reaction. I try to uh, respond to as kind of effectively as possible. But then there's other ones that are just pure and sometimes it's directed towards me and my work but most of the time it's directed towards the individuals and it's just spouting hate and lies and kind of some weird rumor they heard on youtube once and they're kind of going with that so like uh one of my articles from yesterday it's about a controversial uh figure a member of the royal family who died a couple of years ago and so people there are some misdemeanors about her and a lot of people don't necessarily have a positive opinion, so all of my comments are, oh, she's a Nazi, she's this, wow. and there's lots mm. of weird comments, and they're not true, and then there's at one point where I'm like, do I engage with these comments, or do I really just ignore it and try to get past that? Wow.
1: I can only imagine, Saad, you know, the the amount of comments that you, how, what is the average amount of comments that you get? uh, Like, let's say on on an article.
0: So on an article, one of the things possibly good or bad about the platform I use is I get around um, one or two comments per day, Um, generally, that kind of come up in my, you have to approve these comments, but then I get, I I go to my spam folder and there's lots of comments that aren't really spam and they could have gone in the other folder so that's um i think i have like 100 to 200 comments a day on that but quite a lot of them are weird ads and i go through them like every two weeks or so and see okay this is proper comment, this one needs a response stuff like that but generally um on a more regular basis it's not that many which i'm kind of thankful about because it does kind of i i mean i appreciate feedback but it's also good in a sense that i don't really get to see all this positivity or negativity at the same Mm -hmm. time and it's kind of controlled at that space good my friend good so now i want to talk about kind of uh as you mentioned a bit before you're not that uh, knowledgeable about the royal families and uh, kind of the host but you are on the royal watcher podcast so i want to know uh what do you know about royalty and as someone who's a bit of an outsider, kind of, uh, what do you think about it? Brilliant. So I think this is going to be really interesting because everyone who knows,
1: because your followers, they obviously, they know about royalty quite a bit. So they're going to have lots of fun laughing at this in the next two or three minutes. But if there is anyone who's who's also listening to this and who just by chance, you know, isn't super huge in the royal families, I'm curious as to how much, you know, of us in the same boat we are. So I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to pretend to know more than I do and just use these words. And so if I'm going to be 100% honest with everyone listening, my um, – how do I say this? The only news that I hear for you know, royal family members is usually will be through Twitter. And there are things that I'll be scrolling past, you know, things that are trending. Um, and, uh, but the, the really the biggest person that got me to even really acknowledge royal families was actually Saad. When I met this young man, two, three years ago, three years ago, every yeah. three years ago, I was like, wow, rural families. And I was like, what is there to know about rural families? And then I remember I was Google searching them once a few years back. And I was like, holy smokes. Just look at all the articles and news and, and just everything. Like it is a, it is a whole world. They're, they're gatherings, right? They're parties, their events. And really, uh, I was quite mesmerized by their, their influence. And some things that I really just, like some things that I had no idea about was some of the rules that they had. You know, like some of the royal families where there was, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but maybe something with not being allowed to take selfies of themselves in a certain dress or not doing certain things in certain areas. So it is very, very, very minimal. Now, uh, if it's all right with you, Son, I would love to ask you, for someone who isn't outside, you know, who just kind of looks at the royal family from an outside view, what is it that
0: makes the, the royals or just, you know, watching royals in general so intriguing, so fascinating? For me i'd say and something that i do encourage my readers to follow as well is like the continuity because these families and their institution has existed for so long and there's ways in which they've changed a lot from what they were even 10 20 years ago and but there's ways in which there's continued like some tradition that they've continued for hundreds of years and if there's um everything goes well it'll be continuing for hundreds of years as well so it's very interesting for me especially to see how all these traditions and these rules they've continued and they're still present in like a very different world from when they were first kind of created or and they've been kind of adapting to the different circumstances all throughout the time that's cool that's very
1: cool just to see like how they're dealing with the emergence of technology and just new rules, and how often, so, or do they um? What's the word I'm looking for? Do they do they adapt? Like, do they adapt their rules with
0: accordance to what the world looks like today in social media? I think uh, they're really at the forefront of kind of adapting and change. Uh, kind of their whole like these days, uh, quite a big part of royalty is doing uh, what they call engagements. So they go open hospital, they go open a school, they give a speech here, they and they basically it's a lot of traveling around the country or the world and meeting people interacting with people and um, not just kind of offering like their presence but also like their face to promoting for example this charity or this organization that's doing it and they're using kind of their platform to promote that however during the current crisis it's been um, people are stuck at home so instead of kind of just shutting down and not doing anything they're having Zoom calls and they're really engaging with all of their patr- uh, patronages and their charities and they're still promoting them in kind of their own way uh, and they have really adapted and some people argue that it's actually even more successful than other uh, kind of traditional engagements because there is this like focus and people are kind of seeing the interactions between the individuals rather than just mm. a photographer taking pictures and then talking to bit about it. So it's like that adapting to modern life. It's very interesting to see, kind of for someone like me who's been following them for quite some time.
1: Oh, that is so cool, Saul. So, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and so that is like kind of our royalty segment over. Uh, what are like some closing words that you like to say to our listeners, and kind of how they can keep motivated and just stay on top of stuff.
1: I would uh, say, my friends, we are all going through a very hard time. Please uh, keep, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally. Please reach out to friends, whether that be on an Instagram direct message or even a phone call. Just you don't know how amazing it is to say, hey, listen, this is Daniel calling. I just wanted to hear your voice. Other things to keep busy, listen to
0: podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever you can. And, uh, you know, don't feel bad about relaxing. That's wonderful. And where can all of our listeners follow you on social media and on YouTube and podcast? Uh, so, my friends, if you enjoyed any of what
1: you heard today, you can also tune into my podcast, The Daniel Teaches Experience, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Not to mention Daniel Teaches on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and all that
0: stuff. Wonderful. And I'll be linking all of that. In the thank you very much, my friend. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay at home. Awesome. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to be a guest or would like me to discuss a particular royal topic, please message me on social media or send me an email at royalwatcherhotmill.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as The Royal Watcher, and also on royalwatcherblog.com where I post daily articles. Please use hashtag on social media and tell me what you want me to talk about in future episodes. The podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major streaming platforms. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay at home.